Thanks, Phil. Uh, and the band. Well, good morning, everyone. How are we doing? Good? Excellent. It was a great week last week, wasn't it, with Jeremy? Uh, such a significant time for us. I hope that you've continued to think about that and to pray into it and continue to do so over the coming weeks uh, and months to come. And as you can see, Phil's still hard at work, um, learning all the songs by heart, which is very commendable because I can never do that. The only things going through my head at the moment are nursery rhymes. You know, baby, baby shark and we're going on a bear hunt and all that kind of stuff. Um, which, is, uh, which is good in its own way, except in the middle of the night when you wake up. That's, uh, you know what an earworm is, just as in there, just sticks in your head, all the rest of it. Um, it's great. It's a bit of a, a morning of firsts. Um, we've bought ourselves a new iPad, which I'm using for the first time. It's great because you can make the screen really large. And I did hope that I wouldn't have to wear my glasses because you can make every letter the size of a cereal box if you want to. The trouble is you don't know what the next letter is. So I'm still going to have to use my glasses. So hopefully I've, I've set it up correctly. It's not going to go off. Um, um, so we'll see how we go. Um, we're in the Gospel of Luke, as we know. Uh, and the story so far um, is, it, is this, really. It's, it's Jesus and the kingdom of God. Whatever the words are about, whatever the picture is, whatever day we're joining Jesus and his disciples or Jesus on his own, it's all about him and the kingdom of God. The gospel is about the kingdom of God. And our passage today is in Luke chapter 9, verses 1 to 11, which I think is going to appear on the screen. It is. Excellent. I'm just going to leave it there for a sec because we're going to come back to that in a minute or two. Um, but in order to understand the sending of the 12. So this is the story when Jesus, as John said, um, is introducing uh, the meeting. Jesus sends out his 12 with a mission to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And there's a certain method he chooses for that particular occasion, which we'll come on to. But it just seemed to me to, to be sensible to Understand just very briefly, where does this fit into what Luke is telling us about Jesus and the kingdom of God? What's the story so far? And we've covered some of these things over the few weeks before. So we've had Jesus has been baptized. He's spent time in the wilderness. He's been rejected from his hometown. That was not a, a, a passage I think we covered. And then his ministry moves into a time when he starts preaching and teaching. So he was obedient to baptism. He received the, um, the commission of his heavenly father. He received the gift of the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove. And then he goes into his ministry. And it's very clear from the very start, the, the choosing of the disciples happens very early on in his ministry. He calls a group of specific people around him who were to become his disciples. And that wasn't unusual in those days because teachers and, and people with a, a teaching ministry and a gift often gathered around a set of disciples who would work and walk with the, uh, the teacher and learn uh, from him as it was in those days. Uh, so that, that what Jesus was doing here was not an, an unusual pattern of, of behavior. He was calling to himself people who he could invest in give his time to, speak into their lives, train and disciple. But what was obviously happening was almost, you're familiar with the phrase, hidden in plain sight? 
So what Jesus was doing was incredibly normal, but actually was incredibly different. It was incredibly powerful. It was introducing something completely new, but if you like, the packaging around it looked like a lot of other things that would have been happening at the time. And just as I was preparing, it just occurred to me later on as I, I got through my, my preparation that there were, there were sort of themes, kingdom of God themes. And there are, uh, I just wanted to pick four or five of those out as we go through. And this is number one. Kingdom of God theme number one is this. Jesus works in community. He doesn't work on his own. He didn't say, stand aside, because he could have done. You are not going to... You don't stand a chance of becoming anywhere near me, so why don't I just do it all and you can stand on the sidelines and be utterly amazed at what I'm going to achieve? No, he brought people in. He built a community, not just of disciples, but of friends, of wider family, of crowds, of people he connected with and God connected with through what he was saying. People who, whose eyes were kind of already open, their ears were sort of already open, they're looking for what, was, what God was going to do next. God works in community, not people in isolation, but drawn together for a specific purpose. That's why being connected is so important. That's why being part of church is so important. That's why, because we are the representatives of his kingdom. So I know that we're all different personalities here this morning and those who are still connected to kings who aren't here and those who are online. We all have slightly different ways in the way that we'd like to do things. You know, some, some of us like other people more than others of us. But you know what? It's true. Some people are very happy being on their own. Some people are very um, you know, are, are comfortable just with a few friends and more on the introvert side and some people who, who can't stand being on their own. It doesn't matter whether what, what personality type you are, we are brought together in the family of the church because community, the kingdom is about community. So if you're ever tempted to try and step back and say, listen, I'm not sure, it, you know, it's, please don't do that. We're entering a time where God is going to do great things here and across all churches who are seeking after him. He needs people in community together, together on a mission, together working together. And that's critical. Kingdom of God, theme number one, Jesus works in community. But also we know that by the time we get to Luke chapter 9, Jesus has already called a few people. We, if you look in Luke chapter 5, there's a large crowd next to a lake. Jesus had been teaching um, a large crowd, and there were some fishermen in their, in their boats uh, washing their nets. And amongst those fishermen were Peter, James, and John. And these were the first disciples of Jesus' recruitment campaign. You know, he didn't have any problem identifying who he wanted. It's not like lorry drivers who we, you know, we, you know supermarket shelves are not stocked up because we haven't got enough lorry drivers. Jesus knew exactly who he wanted. And he called Peter, James, and John and we're going to come back to that at the very end because I felt something God put something very specific on my heart from Luke chapter 5 as I was researching and preparing for Luke chapter 9. But it was also interesting. I don't know whether you've noticed this. I've never noticed this um, when I read Luke chapter 5 again. Is that Jesus was teaching a large crowd. And Luke says, and there were some fishermen washing their nets. 
which implies that Peter, James, and John weren't part of that large crowd. They were coming back from work. They were doing their post-work activities so they would be able to go to work the following day. And yet Jesus spotted them. Jesus wanted them. So even in the middle of a large crowd, it wasn't, in this case, those people in front of him that Jesus was choosing. It was people on the side who were doing their day-to-day jobs. Jesus chose them. And then later in chapter 5, we come across a guy called Levi. Now, Levi, this is a very different setting. Levi was a tax collector, um, and Jesus saw him at work. It wasn't, he was, Levi wasn't part of a big crowd who'd come to listen to Jesus teach. He, Jesus saw Levi at work. I don't know whether he was walking around or just, just, you know, going about his usual business, listening to his father, deciding, you know, understanding what his father wanted him to do. Jesus saw Levi and said, follow me. And Levi then throws a big party, not of all the desirable people, and the, but all of his friends, tax collectors, sinners, caused a bit of a stir amongst the, uh, the Pharisees and, and the teachers of the law. He's saying to his uh, to Jesus, why are you mixing with these people here? Jesus seemed to spend an awful lot of time preaching and teaching, bringing the kingdom of God to those outside of the institution of the time. He was out and about. He wasn't stuck in a synagogue. He wasn't stuck somewhere behind walls. He was out in the community, preaching and teaching the kingdom of God, healing people. Um, And that, for me, was kingdom of God theme number two. Do you know what? The kingdom of God can break out in any place at any time. God's power can come into any situation. It doesn't have to be a formula. In fact, it isn't a formula. It's just life that came out of Jesus. He knew, as Father said, this person here, we need, to, we need to gather as part of the disciples. Wasn't part of a crowd, a guy going about his daily business. You might uh, think when we come to the 12, Levi's name isn't mentioned. There's a lot of discussion about who Levi might have been or morphed into because people had different names. I think the, the common uh, feeling, it was probably Matthew. Um, but there was a, you know, there's a, a whole lot of discussion which we won't go into because it's not important for us today. And then we come to the 12. In Luke chapter 6, we hear about the 12 for the first time and their designated apostles. So Jesus, as you well know, because this, this is all very familiar stuff, isn't it? Jesus called 12 people to be very close to him. He had lots of other people he taught into, but these 12 were people he specifically invested his time into. And they started following him. It wasn't clear. It's not certain that they followed him every day, every minute of the day. It sounds like from other parts of Scripture that some had homes. uh, Well, probably all had homes. And some went back and then came back. So it wasn't necessarily a uh, 24-hour, seven-day-a-week thing. But day after day, almost certainly, they followed him. They listened to him. They observed him. They saw him do incredible things. They saw him speak to demons and, and then be... Uh, you know, uh, cast out. They saw him reach out and heal people. They were following this guy around, doing amazing, miraculous things. And then, all of a sudden, on one day, we have no idea whether Jesus warned them that this was going to happen or not. But they've got up, they'll have gathered together, 
I put this here as an ordinary day, an ordinary day with Jesus, if, there was, if there's ever such a thing, walking around with him in the flesh. They had no idea, but it was time in Jesus' mind for them to move from being called and instructed to being commissioned and empowered. That was the moment at which Jesus said, right, you've been observing me. Do you know what? Now I am going to empower you to do what I do. Wow. I mean, can you imagine that? You imagine the 12 of them, including Judas, by the way, interestingly. Um, and then we come to this. So when Jesus called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to, to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He told them, take nothing for the journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you, until you leave that town. And if people do not welcome you, leave their town and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So they set out and went from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. Next slide, please, Mickey. Now, Herod the Tetrarch heard about all that was going on, and he was perplexed because some were saying that John had been raised from the dead, others that Elijah had appeared, and still others that one of the prophets of long ago had come back to life. But Herod said, I beheaded John. Who then is this I hear such things about? And he tried to see him. Next slide, please. And when the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus what they had done. Then he took them uh, with him, and they withdrew by themselves to a town called Bethsaida. But the crowds learned about it and followed him. He welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed healing. And then we move into the feeding of the 5,000. So back to the back two slides, please, Nick, if that's okay. Great, thank you. So, kingdom of God theme number three. Do you know what? You know this, but Jesus has all authority. Jesus has all authority. Now, just have a think about that for a second. Jesus has all authority. Not some authority, but all authority. The Jesus we're worshiping today, the Jesus we live our lives in front of, day by day, is, has been given all authority. And Jesus, therefore, having all authority, has the power to give it to those he chooses. And he, he specifically, in this instance, gave power and authority to the disciples to preach the kingdom and heal the sick. Two easily understandable tasks for them, because, do you know what? They'd been looking at this for days and days and days and weeks in advance. They'd been following him around. They'd been observing, seeing what Jesus had done. And he said, right, now it's your turn. And do you know what? That is our commission as well. If Jesus physically walked in the door now and came up here and said, I am giving you all authority and power to preach the kingdom of God and to raise the dead, heal the sick, 
What would we think? But you know what? When he sent his Holy Spirit, that's exactly what he did. That is the truth of what the kingdom of God is all about. That's the truth of who we are in Christ. If only we knew it, if only we grasp it, if only, you know, some of, we might grasp it a little bit, but we, 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 it's, it feels like we grasp this much of something which is enormous, which is huge. Jesus has all authority. And essentially, he was telling his disciples simply to do what they'd seen him do. Do you know those bracelets that we used to have? Some people might have them. The WWJD, what would Jesus do? Um, now, they were, I think, often, I, I, I might be wrong, but I think they were probably as a help towards people making the right choices in life, you know, against, you know, cultural pressures. If people are under pressure, you know, what would Jesus do in this situation? How should I behave in this situation? What should my witness be, my Christian witness be, in a situation where I'm, that I might be tempted to be compromised? What would Jesus do? But you know what Jesus did? He preached the kingdom and healed the sick. It wasn't a, a, a response in terms of, I've got a situation I need to respond to, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing, it's a good thing, and it's a good discipline to think. But you know, Jesus said, preach the kingdom, heal the sick. And it was a precursor to Pentecost. There are lots of other commissions in the Bible. Jesus commissions uh, 12, he commissions 72, he commissions all disciples. Um, there are all sorts of different occasions when, uh, when Jesus does that. So he has all authority and it's given, he was given to the disciples. And that is the, the tradition we live. That is what we have through the power of the Holy Spirit. So what was Jesus' plan? It was go now take nothing. Nothing. Now, I don't know when you're going on holiday whether you're very good at traveling light or whether you need all your pairs of shoes, three toothbrushes just in case one drops out of the bag, 15 loads of suntan lotion, and you're just, you know, you're only popping up to Newcastle to go shopping or something. But we're quite good at traveling light. But we're also quite good at at forgetting what we've already done. So it's almost certainly the case that you, you know you've done everything, but you close the door, you lock it, and you either go into the car or you're walking to the station or whatever it be, and then a thought comes into my head. Did I really lock the back door? Did I actually lock the back door? Yes, you locked the back door. Okay, fine. But what, is, what if it was one of those occasions when you thought you'd locked the back door, and when you checked, it turned out you hadn't locked the back door at all? So, of course, you can unlock the door, get your rucksack off. Guess what? Back door's locked. Fine. Alarm back on. Lock the door. Blah, blah, blah. So, walking down there, Maria say, I'm pretty sure I switched my straighteners off. And I'll say, but they switch themselves off. Yeah, no, it doesn't count. So, right, okay, back down. Back door's locked. You know, oops, yeah, have we, yeah, actually the straightness was switched off. You know, back, alarm on, front door, lock the front door, go, did I lock the back door? No, I didn't do that. It's just. <laughs> but things start occurring to you. Things start, you know, you're going on to an adventure, you're doing something, but stuff from your life starts reaching forward and grabbing. Are you sure? Are you sure? And, 
I mean, I'm, I'm, I've got no doubt that the disciples are, have been worried or not about whether they'd locked the back door, but stuff might have occurred to them. What, you mean us to go now with nothing? No money, no food, nothing. No spare shirt, not booking ahead. No Airbnb. No mapped out itinerary for where you're going to stay. Where you're going to pick up your shopping. Nothing. Just think about that. We read it, don't we? And you think, oh, that was a story in the Bible. How interesting. Isn't that great? Disciples did it. What? I mean, what? Not just empowered and commissioned, but challenged as well. This was a walk of faith for the disciples. But they were obedient. And guess what? Kingdom of God, theme number four. It's all about obedience. Now, what we do know is that there were other times in the Bible where Jesus told his disciples to prepare, to get ready, to get sorted, because it was going to be a long. It wasn't just going out for a period of time and coming back. That was going to be a much more significant sending. So I don't think we should get too concerned about the method, but we will come back and ask ourselves some questions about this at the end. Because do you know what? The method is not important. It's obedience that's important. It's following Jesus. And then next slide, please, Nikki. So I'm not bothered about Herod. So next slide again, for this purpose, we're not going to cover uh, that stuff. But they return, and they report all they'd done. It all seems rather low-key, doesn't it? Jesus was, it was great, and what he said, right, let's... You, probably need rest. Let's go away to a quiet place and we can reflect and we can debrief in our terminology. We can have a think about what's gone. What have you learned? There are other occasions where we know disciples came back and said, oh, wasn't this great? We heal lots of people. And Jesus said, yeah, well, that's great. But do you know what? The most important thing is the kingdom of God. It's not that you're seeing things uh, which we'd love to see today, but actually critically important is people's lives are being changed. People are understanding through faith and healing what it is to be part of his kingdom. So last kingdom of God theme, keep the main thing the main thing. What we need to do is really be focused on Jesus. So how does this passage speak to us today? I wonder what you think when you read this passage. That's exciting. That's scary. I wonder if I could do that. Am I close enough to Jesus to even hear him say something like that to me? It's all about hearing and doing the simplicity and challenge of following Jesus. You know, we have our strap line about transforming lives and changing communities. It's all about seeing the kingdom of God grow and establish here in Darlington and beyond, working with other like-minded churches seeing many lives changed through the power of the gospel and through our personal witness. Huge alpha courses, people coming into contact on a daily basis with the power of the kingdom of God, changing their lives, impacting their circumstances. Jeremy touched on that a little bit last week, didn't he? About these things, are everything we do is great and is reaching out, but do you know what? It, it take off. There's more to do. There's more to do. There's more to achieve. There's more that God has for us. 
And I know Mike's going to be covering that in a week or two's time as well. So, in conclusion, I want to say two things. And these are things I feel God was challenged me about and wants to speak to us all about. First of all, the common theme of Jesus talking to the people who he called as disciples, he said two simple words, and they were, follow me. Follow me. Don't think for me. Don't plan for me. Don't go ahead of me. Don't leave without me. Follow me. Follow me. It's incredibly simple, isn't it? Jesus had different strategies to do different things at different times. He faced similar circumstances and situations and dealt with them in a different way. So just because he's done that, you know, responded in a particular way, or he's called us to do something in a particular way, the same time we meet those circumstances doesn't necessarily mean he wants us to, to tackle them, approach them in the same way. And how do we know the difference? By following him. By giving our lives to follow him. And then next slide, please. Thank you. So, um, there isn't a next slide. Excellent. Good. Which is why I brought this. For those of you who don't know what this is, this is a Bible uh, printed on paper. Whoa. Um, so, it was going back to Peter, James, and John being called by Jesus. Um, and Jesus had taught the people, and he says this, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let, your, uh, and let down the nets for a catch. Simon Peter answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I'll let the nets down. Now, I'm kind of, that's what I think Peter really meant. I don't think he's saying, you know, yes, Lord, we've washed all the nets, fantastic. And, you know, if you said, we're going to do it, come on, let's go, let's go and catch some fish. I don't get the impression that that was Peter's mindset at the time. Because they went out to fish and they caught so many they needed their friends to come and help. And Peter said, Peter fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. And for me, that captures probably what Peter was saying by, oh, all right then. It was almost like he was giving himself enough time to say when it didn't work, and Jesus had come back in the boat, and no fish had been caught. He said, yeah, I told you so. You, know, you stick to preaching and teaching, I'll stick to fishing, and we'll be all right. But that's when Peter was called. That's when Jesus called Peter. Peter couldn't make resisting a comment to Jesus, but Jesus was not put off by his response, put out your boats. You know, Jesus has given us lots of gifts in, in, in this room and online, people who are listening. You have gifts given. Your personality is a gift. Your family circumstances, no matter how hard, 
are a gift. Your work setting and situations are a gift. Your neighbors are a gift. And Jesus said, right, put out your votes. That's what you've got. That's what we've got to work with. We're not, I don't think there's any fishermen here by profession. But we've got all sorts of other things. That's where we are. That's where Jesus comes to us and says, right, I'm empowering you and I'm commissioning you to follow me where you are. In your circumstance. Don't wish you were somewhere else. Don't wish you were in someone else's circumstances. Put out your boats. Put out for a catch. Because Jesus wants us all to be fruitful. You know, I was reflecting in the worship this morning about praying. And I, I guess it comes as part of uh, what we've been thinking about. And that is, you know, when I, obviously I, I don't travel to work anymore. I work from home. But um, often on the train, I used to just pray things like, Lord, just help me to, you know, be you today. Help me to be a servant today. Help me to act in a way that people see, you know, you through me, that kind of thing. And, and it, it occurred to me that a lot of my praying, and it may be true for you, is, is like that. It's bringing rightly our daily circumstances, our daily situations, the things that we are praying into, the things that we're concerned about, the things that are worrying us. We bring them in prayer to Jesus. But I wonder how often I say, Lord, what do you want me to do today? What do you want today? What is it you want to do through me? And that's, that's my challenge. And saying, you know, so this is not just something, you know, that you kind of read. It, it gets you. You think about things and God starts to speak to you. And I feel that it's time for us as we kind of galvanize ourselves. We come together that, you know, re-emerging from the, you know, the, the, the caterpillar to the butterfly out of all sorts of situations. That, not to say that God hasn't been active over the last 18 to 20 months. He obviously and clearly has. But as we come back into a more normal situation, God is wanting us to say, Lord Jesus, what, will you speak to me about what I need to do today, this week? What are my marching orders for today? Which, of course, means that we have to spend time listening. Because we can follow him by being obedient to the Bible. We can follow him by being obedient to what we've been taught and we've thought about and we've learned from others and we've shared with others. But do you know what? Critically important is that we follow him. So I know the passage was about sending the 12 out and amazing things happening. But I think the word for us out of that is, he's saying to us, will you follow me? Let's pray together. We're just going to spend a moment or two thinking and reflecting and listening. Because yes, there's tea and coffee, and yes, there's all sorts of good things to do for the rest of the day. Jesus is saying, follow me. It may be that 
you don't know what it is to follow Jesus. You may be looking at this online or either live or, or afterwards. He is the person who has all power and all authority, which means that there is no circumstance and no situation that he cannot come in and change. He wants our hearts. He wants to forgive. He's drawn to those who reach out to him. He's drawn to those who run to him. And yet he's also drawn to those who have some doubt but are prepared to say, Lord, I don't understand. He'll respond to the Thomases as well as to the Peters. of us who are here and who are listening online who are Christians who who are our disciples and we have followed him we have made the decision to trust him he's saying perhaps this is a new chapter of following me a bit more closely put yourself into a position where you can hear what I'm saying And follow me. There may also be those who you think, Do you know, I just feel that that word about going out, putting out your boats. I just want to respond to that. I feel that actually that's true. There are all sorts of situations that I know, God, you can use me to speak into. I want to be aware of those. I want to hear you. I want to be in a position where I can hear you and be obedient to what you're saying. So I'm just going to invite those who are, if that's you, if you just want to stand in response. And if you're at home, sat in front of your computer or your tablet, whatever it might be, you might want to stand as well. As we come out of lockdown into a time where I believe God is going to sow lots of seeds. He's going to need lots of people who are prepared to go out and harvest and speak. So if you want to signal your intention to follow him and hear him more clearly as we enter September and beyond, why don't you just stand as our eyes are closed? As we do that, just ask, ask him how what you need to do to be in a better position to hear what he has to say.
Heavenly Father, we know that the last 18 or 20 months has been very difficult for so many people. We've had to be very careful. And for many, absolutely rightly so. But for others, Lord, who have become fearful, Lord, we want to pray against that fear because we want your kingdom to grow. We want to be in a position where we're ready for action. We want to be in a position, Lord, where we, we see your new wine poured out. We want to be in a position, Lord, where we can hear what you're commissioning us to do. And Lord Jesus, as we move into a time of moving out, pushing out, Lord, we want to be involved. Lord, we're yours. And we give ourselves to you now. Speak to us. Keep our hearts soft. Keep us close to you as we follow you. Lord, we want to thank you for the example of the disciples on that day who just listened to what you have to say and they went and did it. Lord, we want to be that kind of person. In Jesus' name.